Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. It's time for the church to acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters who are gay. LGBTs have to find a household of worship that reflects what your views are and what you believe. A gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. What's not loving is to look someone in the eye when God says they are in jeopardy of an eternity in hell and merely wink and nod at their sin because you're afraid of being called names. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Make some popcorn, sit back, relax, and watch The Great Ejection. (laughs) This is Wretched Radio. See what we did there? Make some popcorn, and that's a popcorn song, which was actually a hit in the 70s, an era where you could actually have a top 10 tune without anybody singing. Who knows, maybe our attention span was a little longer then. (laughs) The Southern Baptist Convention Convention. Huh. I think they need to come up with a new name for what they do when they gather every year or every other year to discuss theological issues. This year, what appears to be on the front burner, the role of women in the church. And there are some pundits who are saying the Southern Baptist Convention Convention, the SBCC, will either be a great confession. Oops, we shouldn't have booted Saddleback and five other churches because they're ordaining women as elders. And by the way, there's no distinction in elder if you just put an adjective in front of it, which is one of the mechanisms that is being used to say, hey, it's okay that Saddleback has women as elders because they're still under the authority of a male. Well, that's just not the way that it works. You can't put an adjective in front of the noun elder and say, therefore, it's not that. But see, she's not doing that thing that elders aren't supposed to be doing because she's actually underneath the authority of women. The problem is in 1 Timothy 2.12, it says, I do not permit a woman to teach and have authority. So if the woman is teaching, she is acting in the office of Elder, which is an authoritative role. Uh, This is from Religion News. The Southern Baptist Convention's coming great ejection does a little bit of a history of the great ejections that have happened in the church in the past. Not the SBC. This goes back to 1662. It was called the Great Ejection of 1662, St. Bartholomew's Day. That year, several thousand dissenting ministers. These are people... You'd be fond of nonconformist Puritans who would not accept the Church of England's Book of Common Prayer were forced out of the established church and Parliament followed with a series of laws. It would not be the first time that a denomination has removed people, churches, from their fellowship. The Great Ejection of 1662 is outdone by the Defenstration of Prague in 1618. When angry Bohemian Protestants, protesting a halt to construction of several new church buildings, threw two Catholic royal regents and their secretary out of the third-story window of Prague Castle. Well, that's one way to deal with somebody with whom you have a disagreement. The victims somehow survived the fall. It was only three stories. Let's relax, people. But the spectacle set off the bloody 30 years' war between Protestants and Catholics. This pundit... Curtis Freeman saying the Southern Baptist Convention could be headed toward a great ejection at its annual meeting in 
June. Did you know that there were actually six churches that were removed from fellowship that could no longer be in cooperation with the SBC because they were not adhering to the Baptist faith and message, which is crystal clear about the role of elder being reserved for males? Mike Law, pastor of Arlington Baptist Church in Virginia, has presented the Executive and Credentials Committee with a list of 170 women he claims are serving as pastors in SBC churches. Well, and so this fellow, Carl Freeman, is saying, so they've either got to boot all of those out or say, oops, sorry, Saddleback, we were wrong. It'll either be a great confession or it will be a great ejection. Make some popcorn. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And the music from the 70s. Let's just listen to this for four minutes. Nobody could do that anymore. Where's my cell phone? I've got to check my tweets. <laughs> Denny Burke, who's a Southern Baptist himself with some pretty serious creds, uh, giving thanks to Rick Warren uh, for spending some time with Russell Moore on his podcast, giving his defense why he believes that women now can indeed be elders in the SBC or any place else for that matter. Denny Burke is saying, that Rick Warren has done the SBC a great service. Why? Because we get to hear the argument ahead of time. We get to know uh, what is going to be served up at the SBC, which is worth all of our attention. I'm not SBC, but that I still have a great interest in it because it is a sound denomination. And you want a sound denomination. And I don't care what stripe it is as long as it's well within orthodoxy. That's why we actually still, maybe with less enthusiasm, at least in Great Britain, we cheer for the Anglican communion because though they don't have everything dotted the way that I do, it's within small o orthodoxy. I want it to remain orthodox and not get all wonky, which they appear determined to do, apparently not in Australia or in Africa, nearly as much. But the Anglican communion is slip sliding away in Great Britain, and that's a drag, and we should not be happy about that. I'm not a Presbyterian. I don't want to see the Presbyterian Church America compromised. Now, that I haven't heard anything that suggests they are. I'm just using Presbyterian or Methodist, for that matter. Some big Methodist churches are bailing on the Methodist denomination because they don't like the direction that it is going. It started with the role of women. That's where it always begins. And now it's about affirming gay marriages. Zoinks, Scoob. We should be cheering for the SBC. Denny Burke saying, I... I'm glad that Rick Warren is talking about it because now we know what he's going to bring to the table. This is a quote from Rick Warren. I'm going to most likely appeal it. Not for my benefit. We don't need it. We don't need the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, Jimmy, yes. you want to open up the chutzpah drain because we might have a little overflow here. <laughs> we don't need the Southern Baptist Convention. They need the 6,000 purpose-driven churches that are in the Southern Baptist Convention in our fellowship. But we don't need the convention. Well, that could be interesting to watch shape up. One wonders how many of those supposed 6,000 purpose-driven churches in the SBC agree with Pastor Warren. Is he going to take his supposed purpose-driven churches with him? Only time 
will tell. Rick Warren, I believe millions of Southern Baptist women are being their talent and their spiritual gifts are being wasted. No, they're not wasted on other women and children. Why do we have that attitude? Oh, women only get to teach other women. Women only get to teach those children. It's just being wasted, don't you see? And if the Southern Baptists, said Rick Warren, don't want them, I'll take them. I'll take them and I'll help them find a place to serve and glorify God with the spiritual gifts they were given. Have you started making your popcorn yet? What's your air pop, stovetop, or that? Oh, Jimmy, it's like, it's like, it's like some sort of an addictive substance. Whoever these people are, I think it's called smart food. It isn't smart at all, except the marketing and the chemicals they put on top of the popcorn in a bag that they sell at the Publix. Usually, it's a treat for us. We can score it three for $7. When it's not on sale, it's like $5.40, like everything else. I mean, it's just unbelievably. It's, it's got like a light caramel coating on it. Oh, 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 the only thing that makes it smart is how tasty it is because it sure ain't good for you. But I might, if it goes on sale, get a couple bags to sit back and watch the show. Denny Burke helping us understand Rick Warren's argument. Bad argument number one. Shouldn't the SBC care more about abused women than they do about women as pastors? Uh, that's that's just a logical fallacy. So, Jimmy, yes. which... Which do you which do you prefer protecting children that are being abused or protecting women that are being abused? Yes. See that? No, you just well one. So say you're horrible is what you are. Denny Burke says this is a manipulative argument that presents a false dichotomy as if the SBC has to choose between giving attention to abuse reform or women as pastors. We can walk and chew gum. At the same time, <laughs> said Denny Burke. Bad argument number two from Rick Warren. It's racist not to cooperate with churches that have women pastors. Whew, how does one get there? Please note that for a long time, this is Denny Burke, for hundreds of years, black Baptist churches have been ordaining women as bishops. Oh, this is, this is Rick Warren saying this. For hundreds of years, black Baptist churches have been ordaining women as bishops, as pastors, as prophetesses, as apostles, as elders, as deaconesses. If this is true, the SBC is holding up a sign. Get ready for this. This is right out of a woke playbook. Amazing. All black churches look elsewhere. You're not wanted here because they already have. Okay, so I see. So we're basically telling churches that are violating SBC faith and message that are not currently in the Southern Baptist Convention. You can't come in because you are doing something contrary to our faith and message. And by doing that, upholding our standards, we're being racist. <laughs> oh, man, Scylla. Make some popcorn. It's going to be interesting this June at the Southern Baptist Convention Convention. This is Wretched Radio. When is this song going to end? Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. 
I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Ah, thank you for tuning in to Wretched Radio today and listen up, gospel partners. I also want to thank you for standing firm with us in the mission to reach millions of people around the world. Your ongoing support has been nothing short of incredible. But guess what? We are not done yet. No, not by a long shot. And we need you to keep standing firm with us as we continue sharing the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Ephesians 6.13 tells us, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. And that's what we're desiring from you. And don't worry about wasteful spending because 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. We're ECFA approved and that's verifiable. So gospel partners, let's continue preaching the gospel to the lost, equipping people to preach the gospel and strengthening the local church. Just visit wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. So you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Know your reformers. John Calvin was a French pastor, an author of the Institutes of the Christian Religion. His writings and ministry made Geneva, Switzerland a hotbed of Reformed theology. His institutes are still guiding documents for Reformed churches across the globe. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Please welcome Southern Baptist expert Jimmy Hicks. This is Wretched Radio. What's the comment that you made? Conveniently during the break, I said that uh, uh, when he was elected president of the SBC last June, uh, Bart Barber was thought to be more moderate, mm-hmm. uh, the more moderate candidate. And he's done quite a few things that um, indicate otherwise. Yes, that's uh, since then. And I think this uh, this June, his real colors are going to come out. Yeah, he's he's. 
He's going to be Cindy Lauper is what he's going to be. But so far, I have to say, so good from him. Now, I suppose by scouring through his tweets and every single thing that he's ever written, somebody could find some stuff. But based on what's gurgling, and it is gurgling to the surface, everything the new SBC president has been doing has been rock solid. And I think that is praiseworthy and cheerworthy. Denny Burke, he's thanking Rick Warren for going on the Russell Moore podcast to express why it is that he now believes, contrary to 2,000 years of church history, that women should indeed be elders. And Denny's saying, thank you for letting us know what you're going to bring to the convention by way of argument. It's, it's really not a strong argument, obviously. It's emotive. It's bad logic. It is very poor exegesis. And some of it is, honestly, it's kind of laughable. For instance, Rick Warren is claiming that the Southern Baptist Convention, if it doesn't allow women to be elders, they're being racist. How does that work? Well, you see, because black churches, many of them historically, have ordained women as elders. If you don't let women be elders, then you're not going to let those black churches into the convention. Therefore, it's racist. What in the world is that about? Now, if that's true, now this is on its face, that's a pretty ridiculous argument. But just consider the implication of that. If indeed the SBC is being racist by not allowing women to be pastors, that would also mean that 1 Timothy 2.12 and Titus 1.6 are racist because that is exactly what they do. Be careful when you engage in this subject because there can be all kinds of reasons that are offered. We've got to go back to the Bible. You've got to go back to Scripture. Otherwise, you are arguing from a level and that frequently it can't the game can't be won. The deck is stacked against you. And that is why your sole authority must continue to be the Bible. We're actually going to be posting a video on this like tomorrow. Like I like think. Did I just become a Gen Zer like or something? Yeah. Right there. Dennis Prager was sitting on a panel with a bunch of moralists. Now, I, I don't mean that pejoratively. They were discussing the issue of morals and values. Uh, Oz Guinness was on. He was stout. Oh, it's a Guinness joke, as always. And there were a group of very smart thinkers, including Jordan Peterson and Dennis Prager, talking about morality. And they were talking specifically about lust and pornography. And Dennis Prager was making his case that it's okay for a husband and wife to watch porn, specifically for a man, because lust isn't a big deal in Judaism. Now, you can't make that case from reading the Bible. You, you, you just you can't do that. So what do you have to do? You have to be super clever. And that is what Dennis did or tried to do at any rate. And that is what people who are trying to have women now ordained as elders are doing. They can't go to the Bible or if they do. They have to use obscure texts like Junia in Romans chapter 16. She was an apostle, supposedly. Well, first of all, we don't know if it was male or female, Junia. Second of all, was she really occupying the office of apostle? Seems pretty out there considering that Paul said he's the last one. At any rate, they'll use maybe an obscure text, logic, reason, and emotive arguments like to not allow Women to be elders in the SBC is racist, bad logic, and it's actually an assault on 1 Timothy and Titus 1. Bad argument, 
Number three, the Bible supports women serving as pastors. We tackled this in a video we posted, I think, last week sometime. I just found it fascinating that Rick Warren actually said that in John 20, 18, when Jesus sent Mary Magdalene to tell the disciples, he literally said that was the first gospel sermon ever preached. And it was by a woman. Actually, the first gospel sermon ever preached is in Genesis chapter 3. The Proto-Evangelion or Oyangelion, if and you like, the gospel is all throughout the Old Testament. The gospel is in the sacrificial system. The, the gospel is in the ark. The gospel is in the exodus. The gospel is in the temple. The gospel is in Jacob's ladder. The gospel is in the serpent on a pole in the wilderness. It is all throughout the Old Testament. I wish somebody had written a book called Jesus Unmasked, available at wretched.org, that tackles all of those types and shadows in the Old Testament. God has always been preaching the gospel. This ain't nothing new. Furthermore, you got John the Baptist. Second of all, you've got uh, Jesus preaching the gospel. He commissioned the disciples to go and preach the gospel. He wasn't the first one to preach the gospel. That's kind of silly. Bad argument number four, Southern Baptists shouldn't divide over secondary issues. Now, this is one that I do admit is a bit of a challenge because on the face of it, it is not precisely an essential doctrine. That is most certainly true. You can't say that the role of women in the church rises to the level of heresy. So what is the big deal? Why can't we just be in cooperation? Well, you've got some practical matters, obviously. It's sort of like we get along theologically, but I think practically Baptists and and Presbyterians doing work together in the church, very difficult. What do you do in that service when you rightly believe in believer's baptism and they pedo-baptize a child? What? Who are they going to call? The one who does this or the one who does that? Do you have to have two who are represented? It's just we're in the kingdom together, but it just becomes very difficult to practically be in that tight of a working relationship with one another. And the same thing is true with the role of women. So you go to a church and you don't think that women should be elders, but they say dead secondary issue. We're not going to fight over it. So she's preaching Sunday morning. It, it just becomes very, very difficult. Furthermore, and this is going to perhaps be a little bit exaggerated of an analogy, but there are some things, and it doesn't really matter what the thing is, that they are so clear in the Bible, if you can't get that, um, there's problems here. There's really big problems here. I mean, pick any theology from the Bible that's a secondary issue or something that or that is a plain thing. Jesus walking on, Jesus doing miracles. Well, you see the word miracle and it doesn't necessarily, you go, wait a second. Okay, so it's not heresy per se to say that Jesus didn't do miracles, but it authenticated the message of the messenger, which was the reason for those signs and wonders. You don't get that? I'm, I'm I'm really troubled by this. Furthermore, when a theological decision is agreed upon by the entire congregation and they are living in something that is historically so clear and obviously wrong, that's an ongoing sin issue. And that should really be our biggest concern. This is an indicator of a very deep, rotten root 
that there's that there's very great reason to be troubled that if these churches and there's apparently a number of them that are living in ongoing willful unrepentant sin we should be concerned about them denny burke is writing about rick warren's arguments and basically stating on a practical level his accusation stating that this is secondary is simply an untenable situation i am tempted to go a step further than that and say that a church that is persisting in rejecting what is very obvious this is I know that in the last several decades, we've seen an increasing number of female pastors. I know that it's quite interesting in my estimation that it happens to coincide, coexist, if you will, with the feminist movement of the 20th century. Nevertheless, it's so obvious. While we're going to make popcorn, while we're going to watch the Southern Baptist Convention, we should be cheering for the Southern Baptist Convention to hold the line and call these churches to repentance. Now, in the process of disfellowshipping, I think we can at least follow the pattern of church discipline in Matthew 18. Please repent. Please repent. There are other issues that are going to be confronting the Southern Baptist Convention this summer. The ERLC, uh, they're focusing on what they're calling racial unity. They use the term like seven times in a press release. I guess that's an issue in the SBC. I didn't know that. I don't understand that personally. It seems to me if you're in Christ, suddenly the issue of skin is like, who cares? <laughs> We're in Christ. That's our identity. They might be dealing with more sexual abuse allegations. There's lawsuits that are cropping up because of that. But in my estimation, still, the big issue is going to be the role of women in the church, because historically, within the last century, this has always been the issue. That is indeed the camel underneath the tent, the nose underneath the tent, camel's nose. You know what I'm trying to say here? That always leads to liberalism. This is Wretched Radio. And it's time for some Wretched News here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And today we start in Clearwater, Florida. A man who has been identifying as a baby girl recently broke into a daycare center in Clearwater, Florida. And what did he do inside that daycare center? Well, he drank formula and then he left a note asking the staff to play along. If he's truly identifying as a baby, how can he write a note? I guess this whole adulting thing finally getting to people. And public schools in Minneapolis are hosting a gender resource fair for gender creative young ones. A gender resource fair for gender creative youngins. Back in my day, that was dress up and it was just harmless fun, but now they're actually trying to harm our children. Disney CEO Bob Iger is back in the news. He announced that mass layoffs would be happening at Disney this week. I guess Mickey and the gang couldn't quite magic up enough jobs after they wandered into the world of woke. But our prayers do go out to all of the families that are affected by this because there are going to be a number of families affected. Now, a woman by the name of Nancy Hogshead Makar, I think I said that right. We're going to go with that, though. She's a female swimmer, and she recently called out ESPN for promoting a trans swimmer as they celebrated Women's History Month. 
That's really all that needs to be said. I mean, I could make a joke, but it would be a joke I've made a thousand times. This is just sad, sad, sad that we are erasing women from history. And speaking of erasing people out of history in Oregon, there's a bill on the table that will allow kids to undergo sex change surgery without parental consent. Because I guess there's such a large and rich history in this country of minors making permanent life-altering decisions without parental consent. It's just natural that they can do this as well. And the World Athletics Governing Body has announced that they would be banning trans women from participating in female events in order to maintain fairness. It's about time somebody stopped running away from this issue and started actually leveling the playing field. Good for them. And a Methodist pastor has recently criticized churches that oppose abortion. He called them simplistic and extreme. I guess we're just extremely simplistic around here, too, because we just believe in the sanctity of life. And in Nigeria, our prayers go out to the 27 Christians who were murdered by terrorists in Kaduna State. Folks, as we tell you so frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you are continually and purposefully praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. And that has been your Wretched News Break. We have more Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 1727. A spiritual awakening at Hernhut, Germany, launches the Moravian Brethren as the forerunner of modern Protestant missionary movements. This 300-member group sent missionaries to Asia, Africa, North and South America, and the Arctic. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Marriage is what brings us together. Today. Although not as much as it used to, this is Wretched Radio. 63% of young men are single. That ain't good for nobody. Why? Thanks to Fox News. Headline, men in my generation are dating. Why should we? Oh, 63%. 18 to 29. That should be the decade where you're like, I gotta find me a woman. I want to get married. I want a house and children and a dog and a picket fence. That's what I want. But it seems young men no longer need women. One would think this was very insightful in helping us understand a generation that does indeed perplex us. And please keep in mind, Every generation is perplexed by the next generation. Things change. For instance, I offer you as evidence stand-up comedy. Last night was spending some time with my eldest daughter talking about comedy. Not exclusively, but it was a part of the chat. While having some really good ice cream, which makes most conversations better, frankly. And she was talking about some some comedian that she thought was just a laugh riot. She shows me a clip and it's like, uh, uh, she just totally busts the gut. Uh. And she said, you know, I noticed Brian Regan, who I think is about 60 now, has a lot of boomer humor. I still like him, said she, but it's just boomer humor. And I went, that's it. There's just a generational difference in timing, in cadence, delivery, presentation. For instance, if you're a boomer who would like a Brian Regan kind of comedian, how much Jack Benny do you watch? 
He used to kill your parents and grandparents with his humor, but it's generationally different. So we need to recognize music styles, fashions, food tastes, lifestyle, just living arrangements, furniture, paint colors, all of it changes. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but there does appear to be a change in some fundamental things that I think are going to be a wee bit problematic for our society. Back to men in my generation aren't dating. Why should we? One would think that making romantic connections would be easier than ever in our digital world. Right? Because you can cast a net all over the globe. Right? This fellow writes the opposite is true. Our culture of convenience has paradoxically made dating more difficult for men. And here's why. They're forced into a hyper-competitive Most guys shouldn't mind competition, but I thought this part was interesting. Superficial environment that emphasizes instant gratification over human connection. So you go onto your whatever dating app it is and you you scroll and you're looking at faces. So you compare this face to that face. You compare that face to that face or that outline to this outline. It's all superficial. It's nothing lasting. Yeah, romantic attraction is most certainly a component in marriage, but it ain't the bedrock and foundation Jesus should be and values that align with him. The inner beauty, but not with dating. And so these fellows, they see these faces and they probably get a little bit numb to it. Probably gets a little bit tedious, frankly, but then they go out on an actual date and they see this woman who doesn't look as good in person as she does in pixels. She's out of there, which is interesting to me because that seems to be the exact same mindset. If indeed Dr. Lou Priolo's wife is correct, when she told me and Mrs. Friel while having dinner, eh, Italian is okay. okay. She said that so many of the young women that she counsels now, they run into one little hiccup with their husband, their new husband, and they want out because it's not perfect. They didn't expect, they expected nothing but sunshine, roses, and a knight in shining armor who doesn't ever rust, who doesn't ever squeak, who doesn't ever make a clattering sound, who does everything possible to make them happy. And as soon as they don't, they're out of there. So it seems that for this particular generation, that is seemingly embedded in many of them, that it has to be absolutely perfect. And maybe a part of it is because it's all about self-presentation. It's all about looks. It's all about the less important things. Men, therefore, aren't getting married. Back to the article, while there are several potential culprits causing this relationship breakdown, nothing has done more damage to the dating landscape than dating apps, social media, and pornography. I would add to that social structures have changed. Church communities have changed. We don't have them like we once did. You can't walk down your street and see people you recognize because it's so transitory. Some cities more than others. Atlanta, it's crazy. We've been here now for 15 years. I've met three people who were actually born and raised in Atlanta who still live here. Everybody else comes from. Where do you come from? Where did you live? That's the question. It's not so. Tell me about your family ancestry here in Georgia. Social structures. 
just the things that we used to do that helped young people get together. They're just blotto. Replacing it is social media, dating apps, and pornography. That's an obvious cause, isn't it? With the abundance of choices on dating apps, young men are finding it difficult to build deeper connections with a single person due to that sense of constant availability. When a minor red flag appears in a relationship that's otherwise going smoothly, why stick around and work it out when thousands of other choices are right at your fingertips? Is the cell phone a blessing? Can be. Is it also a curse? Increasingly, the data is demonstrating we got to get this thing under control. More on that another day. With social media today, men can scroll through their feeds and popular pages to view more beautiful women in one sitting than most men would see in their lifetime 100 years ago. With the advancements in facial recognition technology, many times men are looking at women through heavily filtered and airbrushed lenses. Then you meet her. Ew. You aren't a pixel. Consequently, those same women who are marketing themselves as something they're not are left without a partner and wondering where all the good men have gone. Through social media, both sexes are conditioned to treat themselves as a number instead of embracing true human connection and partnership. Okay, as long as I brought up the subject of cell phones. There was an article that I read that I thought was actually super help. Yep, got it right here. Oh, 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 oh. You'd think we were organized. My daughter is 10. The average age children receive a smartphone. This is from mother mother.ly. L-Y. It's an adverb. Don't know why. This was helpful. They they just, they literally, if the government isn't going to, and some governments are looking at it, I think eight states now are currently looking at blocking pornography or having some sort of social media filter on, on the cell phone because you can't, there is something baked into most of these cell phones that has some sort of parental control where you alone have the password to get into it. Did you know that, mom and dad? So some governments, some states are saying, let's just get rid of social media until they're 16 or even 18 years old. Mom and dad, you might want to consider that for yourself. And this made a pretty strong argument for it. My daughter is 10. The average age, a girl gets a cell phone. And what does she see? What is she exposed to? So how did this particular mom do it? This might help you. Through the waiting, we talked. And talked. We talked about cyberbullying, sexting, and pornography. I shared articles and stories with her about the detrimental impact social media is having on children, especially girls. We talked about how so many girls were using filtering apps like FaceTime to look thinner, prettier, sexier. At the age of 10, we talked about how constantly editing pictures of yourself can influence your body image and self esteem. In other words, They were scaring their daughters. And that is right. Because what is on the other end of that cell phone is scary business. And it's damaging our kids, especially the Goyles. We talked about how a student in our community was blackmailed for sharing nude pictures over Snapchat. That's that's apparently a big deal these days. And a lot of kids are finding themselves in hot water. Because they go online, who knows where they're visiting, somebody encourages them to take pictures of themselves, then they use those pictures to bribe the kid, the kid has to send them money, it's like nasty business. Tell your eight and nine-year-old about it. 
I know, I don't like that idea either, but that's our world. We talked about how a student in our community was blackmailed. We talked about how teens were dying across the country from buying drugs laced with fentanyl on social media. We talked about how certain friendships were strained after a friend got a new phone or was completely consumed by Instagram. So what did this family do? They just don't give their their children a cell phone, maybe a flip phone, but not a smartphone till they're 16. Something to consider. This woman writes, consider delaying social media until at least 16. If your kid has a phone already, make it less of a toy and more of a communication device. Through parental controls, remove access to the internet browser, take off the social media apps, kick gaming off the device, let them call, text, FaceTime, and listen to music or books. But disable your kid's ability to download apps without your permission. Every parent needs to make this decision, but increasingly the data is pointing to it is a good decision to cut off social media from our young children, especially the girls. This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Question, are you tired of the same old boring TV shows? Well, there is something that's not like anything else on Christian TV. It's Transform, and it's back for season number two. You get to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions tackling issues like depression, anxiety, OCD, and others. These are real people with real issues being offered real solutions by our hosts, Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson. So if you're looking for something different, you know, a show that glorifies God and demonstrates the sufficiency of His Word, then Transform is for you. It's a -a one-of-a-kind production that provides the hope and relief that only the Bible can give. The world is full of hurting people, even Christians, and many are completely unaware of biblical counseling and the answers it can provide. So join us for Transform Season 2, the show that will transform your walk with Christ and leave a profound and lasting impact on your life. Get your hands on it now and also consider grabbing the Sunday School curriculum for your church. You can find it at transform.org or the Wretched Store at wretched.org. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves 
$500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. Ephesians was written by Paul to the churches around Ephesus. It is about who Christians are and how they live. When we are in Christ, we are made alive, reconciled to God, and united with other believers in the church. If you are struggling in your walk with Christ, perhaps it is time to revisit what Christ has done for you and who you are in Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. And the agony of the lower back. Hoy, I'm telling you, this is Wretched Radio spanning the globe. Because I've been reading a lot of stuff. And no matter how hard I try to fit them into one coherent pile, I can't do it! So we slap some random music on it, call it Wide World of Christian Stories. Wine, la. You got yourself Christian radio. <laughs> for better, for worse. Let's go to Texas, shall we? And a salute to the president of West Texas A&M. Texas A&M, I'm telling you, that is a fascinating place to visit. It is a gorgeous campus, and the military that is there, it's refreshing. The traditions that they have, it's, it's really an amazing institution. It is under the same assaults every other institution is, from the woke agenda, the progressive agenda, to the agenda of let's just throw out standards. I think it's New York that's doing that right now because the kids can't do math, it seems. Nevertheless, Texas A&M saying, sorry, you can't have drag shows at West Texas A&M. This is a story. <laughs> West Texas A&M University. This is this is all quotes from the press. West Texas. And this is helpful, by the way. This isn't just, oh, that's cool. I think that he has a view on this that you and I need to regularly espouse and spout. West Texas A&M University will not host a drag show on campus. It was advertised for March 31st as an effort to raise money for the Trevor Project, the nonprofit organization that focuses on suicide prevention. Please uh, don't automatically fall for that ruse. You are being told you must conform to our progressive agenda or the kids will kill themselves. That has not been demonstrated. In fact, many people are making the argument, oh, no, no. It is because of what we're doing to the kids by allowing and encouraging them to think they can switch genders. That is the cause of suicide. Or for those who are struggling with same-sex attraction, that is what is leading them to the brink. Not, Not the response of society. Nevertheless, that was the guys for a drag show at Texas A&M. He writes this, I believe every human being is created in the image of God. Huh. That's the craziest thing, Jimmy. This is from a secular institution. The guy used the name of God. Did you see the, the, he was a kid, the meteorologist in Mississippi, those horrible tornadoes that ripped through 
did you did you see the on on the air? He was like tracking, and it's like okay, in about two minutes, it's almost certainly going to hit this area, and then like a minute goes by, and it's like oh, it's 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 hitting this neighborhood, and he stopped, and he prayed very short. Lord Jesus, please help these people. Amen. And then he went back to it. Texas A&M president quoting, or at least citing God in his decision to not allow drag shows. I believe every human being is created in the image of God and therefore a person of dignity. So he's saying two things. Ultimately, one is if somebody is transgender, they're confused, they still have human dignity. But... He was ultimately promoting human dignity when it came to the female gender. West Texas A&M endeavors to treat all people equally. Drag shows are derisive. That's a great word. They're derisive, divisive, and demoralizing misogyny. Amen to that. This whole trans movement is so offensive to women. It treats women like circus clowns the way that these guys dress up honestly i I mean it's it's so exaggerated so clownish so ridiculous so degrading no matter the stated intent it's derisive divisive and demoralizing misogyny such conduct runs counter to the purpose of texas a&m good for them and should not attempt to elevate itself or a cause by mocking another person or group. So even though you are using something that is supposedly a good motivation, that it's raising funds so the kids don't take their own lives, and who of us doesn't care about that? He's saying you can't do it at the cost of another of another group of people, meaning women. Good on him. As a university president, I would not support blackface performances on our campus, even... If I if told the performance is a form of free speech or intended as humor or to raise money for a good organization, it is wrong. I do not support any show performance or artistic expression which denigrates others, in this case women, for any reason. He's not going to allow it on his campus because it's derisive. Women have fought valiantly seeking equality in the voting booth marketplace and court of public opinion, no one should claim a right to contribute to women's suffering via a slapstick sideshow that erodes the worth of women. Well done, sir. No amount of fancy rhetorical footwork or legal wordsmithing eludes the fact that drag shows denigrate and demean women. A harmless drag show? Not possible, said the Prez. I will not appear to condone the diminishment of any group at the expense of of impertinent gestures toward another group for any reason, even when the law of the land appears to require it. Well done, sir. Do you get the babble? Not the not the B. It's not the Babylon B. It seems that every day, at least my inbox gets multiple emails from them, and they'll have a collection of different stories that they believe are of interest to Christians. They posted one, so it didn't have a ton of details. It showed a picture of some young man side by side with a picture of a red-tailed hawk because he thinks he is one. And we have to say, that's right, son, you're a red-tailed hawk. Because how can we say that he isn't when he actually thinks that he is? How do you put the brakes on this? The answer is you can't. 
we're letting people who have clearly some mental issues that need to be addressed actually flip our entire society upside down. As long as we're on this particular subject, sorry for that. Let's go to Minnesota. Democratic Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. Ah, she's she's an Irish one. That girl has given full-throated support for an executive order aimed at protecting access to gender-affirming care such as sex changes and puberty blockers. I just saw a meme. It was a, a woman with her child in the doctor's office saying um, he doesn't think that he should have a pinky finger. We want you to cut it off. And the doctor saying, I need to call the authorities. The next meme, my child doesn't think that he or she should have his or her parts cut him off. Absolutely. Way to go, mom. Back to Minnesota. When our children tell us who they are, this is the lieutenant governor of Minnesota who is vying for the crown of most progressive state in the union. It is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. Hold on. She just kept going. That's what it means to be a good parent. Okay. And a young man thinks he's a red-tailed hawk. So a good parent has to listen to him. This is insanity at the highest levels. Is it not? She gave her speech wearing a T-shirt adorned with the slogan, protect trans kids with a large image of a knife. (laughs) Oh, man, Scylla. That's expect more and more of it because that's what you're going to be seeing more and more and more. Not much to say about this, but it's noteworthy. Liberty University and the Jerry Falwell Jr. saga, it ain't done. He's suing them for $8.5 million in retirement benefits. <laughs> you know, I don't want to limit anybody's ability to make a living, but wow, when you get a retirement package for millions, you might want to say that it's a ministry position that you're filling kind of on the down low because it feels a whole lot less like making money than ministry. Perhaps you heard this story. Here's here. This is, this is the world just going bonkers. After a discrimination complaint was brought forth by a female who tried to go topless at a pool in Berlin and was told to cover up in the name of decency because, you know, we used to have a lick of common sense. She sued them. And now all women, according to the Berlin Senate Department of Justice, Diversity and Anti-Discrimination Unit, all women will be allowed to go topless at public pools and bear themselves in front of every man, woman, and child present. Cool. Where are the Luterns in Berlin? Are there any, are there any Luterns left in Berlin? Because that's just insanity. And it seems to me that you and I are getting hit by a tidal wave of this. And we might be inclined to shrink. We might be inclined to be silent. Uh, We're we're not going to become revolting, resisting revolutionaries. But for the sake of women and children, at the very least, should we be speaking up to rescue people who are being led to a slaughter? Until tomorrow... Go serve your king.